Hello and welcome to the Surbiton Student Podcast. This episode is a very special episode because it has is the first of a series of LGBTQ plus theme topics. These episodes have been researched, written and delivered by two of our best and brightest year nines. This episode explores five of the most influential LGBTQ plus individuals throughout history. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to the first episode in the series, Surbiton's LGBT podcast. This episode we'll be debunking one of our least favourite myths. Homosexuality wasn't invented 50 years ago. Definitely. There are, there are many people across history who we learn about, either in class or at some castle somewhere, but you rarely see minorities, really anywhere. Which is just a bit sad. So this episode, we'll be covering our top five people across history, who are either definitely gay, probably gay, or Greek. So, first up is one of my favourite people ever, the OG lesbian Sappho. Lesbians are named after Sappho's home, the island of Lesbos. And another word for woman who love women is a Sapphic, which is her name. So, tell me about this lesbian of all lesbians. Sappho was a Greek poet who little is known about. She came from a wealthy family, and I think she had three brothers who are all mentioned in her poems. In many plays and works, she was actually portrayed as heterosexual and is thought to have had a daughter. But, many, but due to the many other ways she was depicted and her poetry, she is definitely at least bisexual. However, many of the heterosexual myths surrounding her were made by comic poets, so a lot are thought to be fake. She specialised in a type of poetry called lyric poetry, which was written to be sung while accompanied to music. It's basically just songs. She was regarded as the tenth muse. The muses being the goddesses of the arts, known for their art and, like Sappho, lyric poetry. Ex- and exactly. Well, and she, Sappho that is, was, and still is, at least by me, widely regarded as one of the greatest lyric poets of all time. Unfortunately, little of her poems are still known today, and what has remained is only fragmentary. Only Ode to Aphrodite is certainly complete. So she was known as one of the greatest poets of all time, and most of her poets are lost to, poems are lost to history. Exactly. But you can read what we do know of by just searching up Sappho poems, which I would re- re- recommend you do, because they are beautiful. And on to our next historical and definitely gay figure. Who's next? A man named Alan Turing, who indirectly saved almost two million lives in World War II, but died a criminal after committing suicide by cyanide after being discovered to be in a relationship with a man. He saved over two million lives and then he was arrested for being with a man. Unfortunately, yes. He's now known to be the father of theoretical computer science and AI, which we so often use nowadays. He was born in London and graduated Cambridge with a degree in mathematics. During the Second World War, he devised a number of techniques for speeding the breaking of German ciphers and created what is thought to be a model of general purpose computer, which is absolutely incredible. So this guy, right, he helped create one of the first computers as we know them today. Yeah, he was absolutely amazing, as I said before. In his later life, though, he was arrested for, quote-unquote, homosexual acts in 1952 and was made to undergo hormone treatment. He had to undergo hormone treatment. Those were the terms of his bail, yeah. So did Turing actually ever get recognition for what he did? 
Yes, actually. In 2009, the British Prime Minister made an official public apology for the appalling way Turing was treated. In fact, the Alan Turing Law is now an informal term for a law passed in 2017 that took back the offences that were put to men historically for committing homosexual acts. But still, this guy was, and still is, incredible. Agreed. Now, next up is more of a debate, but I'll present you guys with the evidence and you can decide for yourselves. Who is it? Someone you probably have heard of. Alexander Hamilton. One of the founding fathers? Yes, exactly. Alexander Hamilton was orphaned as a child, but soon came to rise up in the ranks during the American Revolution. He served in the US military and became a major general, which is like pretty high up. After the war, Hamilton turned to politics and helped ratify the Constitution by joining, by joining well, two other politicians, James Madison and John Jay, by writing 51 out of the 85 instalments of the Federalist Papers. That is a lot. Now, a lot of people may be questioning me at this point, but I'm definitely not saying he was only into men. He was married to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Schuyler and had many children. He also had a very famous affair with Mariah Reynolds, which he actually published. So he was almost definitely straight. Not quite. You see, one of my favourite quotes of all time is actually a letter from Alexander Hamilton to John Lawrence, who was another man that Hamilton met in the fight for America. In this letter, Hamilton expresses his indignation by saying, you should not have taken advantage of my sensibility to steal into my affections without my consent. And then continue to say, as you have done it, and we are genuinely indulgent to those we love, I shall not scrumple to pardon the fraud you have committed on one condition, that for my sake, if for not your own, you will always continue to merit the partiality which you have so artfully instilled in me, which sounds pretty romantic to me. In the same letter, he also wrote he wished it were in my power, my actions rather than words, to convince you that I love you. However, in the same letter, Lawrence is also referred to as my friend, and Hamilton then proceeded to talk about the revolution and his wife. So, there are arguments from really either side. I see, so this is an ongoing debate. Until some dazzling new evidence comes to life, then yes, we will probably have to be content with a probably almost definitely gay slash bisexual Alexander Hamilton. And on to the next one. This person I don't think many people will have heard of, a man named Bayard Rustin, who was a pivotal role in the social movement for civil rights and LGBT rights. So what exactly did this guy do that made him such a big part of the civil and gay rights movement? Well, it's hard to kind of dive straight into it, so I'm going to go right from the start. After finishing school, Rustin held many odd jobs and gained five years of university schooling at the City College of New York without taking a degree. He then turned to activism, working for the Fellowship of Reconciliation, a non-denominational religious organisation. Rustin then went on to work with many people in his life, notably Martin Luther King, who so many, everyone should know him, who was a leader yeah. in the American Civil Rights Movement. He helped teach him about non-violence and strengthen Martin Luther's leadership. During the 1970s and 1980s, Rustin served on many humanitarian... Uh, Religions. Religions, and became the head of an institute that promoted the integration of all formerly white unions. So this guy did all this amazing stuff, 
But why is he so lesser known than other civil rights activists? Bayard Rustin was a gay man, and because of the criticism and prejudice he faced over his sexuality, he usually acted as an influential advisor behind the scenes to major civil rights leaders, like, as I mentioned before, Martin Luther King. However, in the 1980s, he did become a public advocate on behalf of LGBT rights, speaking in many events as an activist. He was really cool, though. Agreed, and everyone should know more about him. And we're on to the last one. Who's it going to be? Our last LGBTQ figure of historical significance is someone everyone probably knows. And if they don't, well, I'm very disappointed. And it is? Drum roll, please. Freddie Mercury. Ooh. Everyone knows about Freddie Mercury, so what are we going to tell people about? Most people know about Freddie Mercury, especially with the film Bohemian Rhapsody coming out recently. But I'm here to tell people about one, Mercury's life before he became famous, and two, his partner Jim Hutton, with whom he was with for seven years, before Mercury died of AIDS complications. So, who was Freddie Mercury before he was Freddie Mercury? You have to install the jazz hands in your mind. Doesn't make sense otherwise. Born on the 5th of December, 1946, Freddie was born Farrakh Balsara and was born in what is now part of Tanzania. His family moved to what was then Zanzibar so that Mercury's father could continue his job and that Zanzibar was a British protectorate until 1963, Freddie Mercury was born a British citizen. He spent most of his childhood in India, but his family moved to England in 1964 to escape the violent revolution going on at the time. So when did he actually meet the rest of the band? He was actually in a lot of bands before Queen, but teamed up with Brian May and Roger Taylor in 1970, and were joined by John Deacon in 1971. Around the same time, he changed his surname to Mercury. They, Queen, then went on to become the spectacle we know today. So Freddie Mercury wasn't born Freddie Mercury. Again, the jazz hands will have to be installed. Nope. And what about your other point? Jim something? Jim Hutton was in a committed relationship with Mercury until, as I said before, Mercury unfortunately died in 1991, aged 45. So they were together for a long time? Yeah, and there's an entire article about Hutton on iriscentral.com which says that although Hutton and Mercury weren't officially married, they both wore wedding rings to show their commitment to one another, as they weren't allowed to, as they weren't allowed to marry due to the laws at the time. After Mercury's death, uh, Hutton actually released a book, I think. His memoirs. And before this book, there was almost nothing known about the details of Mercury and Hutton's relationship. When asked about it, Hutton said he used the books to help cope with grief and it contained many photos of the pair from their years together. That is so sad, and yet so sweet. And on that note, I think that's the end of our podcast. With the top five historical LGBT figures.